a lot of stepmoms will say, he doesn't make her come home and she couch surfs everywhere and we never know where she is. Nacho responsibility. Well, I'm like, peace be with you. <laughs> I mean, good luck. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. David, David, David. What? Why are you ugly today? What, darling? (laughs) All right. So this morning, David says, are you going to fix me breakfast? (laughs) After I pick myself up off the floor from laughing hysterically. I said, sure, I'll make you a Jimmy Dean breakfast bowl. Yeah. Well, let, let's put some context to it. I was still laying in the bed. It wasn't like I walked in the kitchen and asked. Right. I'm laying in the bed with my head covered up like, are you going to make me some breakfast? Because, you know, of the two people in this relationship, only one has ever had breakfast in bed. Just That's saying. a lie. Just saying. It's never been me. That's a lie. I made you cinnamon rolls one time. Okay. But the funny thing is, I don't really do breakfast normally. Mm-mm. So when you would bring me breakfast in bed, I was like, oh, thank yeah, but it was you. noon when you got up. David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord help my soul. Okay. So you would say, oh, thank you. I'm really not hungry. No, I'd say, oh, thank you. And I'd think, I'm really not hungry, but okay. I'd eat it. Well, good. I'll never do it again. Well, part of the reason I don't eat breakfast in the morning is because if I eat breakfast, I eat all day. It makes me hungrier. Mm, Okay. I don't know if there's some scientific crap behind that, but it's true. Okay. All right. No, David did not get breakfast in bed, (laughs) even though he screams, Ma, waffles. (laughs) That's the inside joke. Yes, we have some friends that her son was screaming one day, Ma, waffles. (laughs) So we like to make fun of that. Yep. All right. So, David. Is there anything you'd like to talk about before we start talking about today's recording? Hmm. All I can think of. You've been pretty easy to get along with lately, so nothing I need to complain about. Well, there's something I'd like to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) So, David, his relationship with my son is different than my relationship with his kids Mm -hmm. because Jackson was so young when we moved here and got married. Mm Mm-hmm. But David still nachos certain things, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's not the crap I want him to nacho. <laughs> you don't get to choose what I nacho. <laughs> so, for instance, my son put some kind of loud speaker in his truck, and I had already told my son, it's a distraction. You have to be careful. You can't hear ambulances, fire trucks, things like that. So just make sure that you're more aware, right? So when David finds out, He says, well, I'm sure you're going to talk to him about being more careful because he can't hear sirens and blah, 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 blah. Same thing I told Jackson. And I was like, yeah, but you can talk to him about it. I think it would be good for you to talk to him about it, too, because Jackson takes what I say differently than what David says, because David's not a parent to him. Right. And David's like, nah, nacho. (laughs) I'm like, really? So then, not long after, something else came up. 
And David's like, oh, yeah, you better give my father insurance. Blah, blah, blah. Talking about when his kids were on our insurance and I'd find out from Life360, one of them was speeding. I'd be like, they get a ticket and our insurance goes up. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, gosh. I heard that every single week my kids were home. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. You think insurance goes up? They going on their own insurance. I mean, over and over and over. Well, <laughs> at that point, I had re-engaged. So. You definitely re-engaged with me. Yeah. So when the opportunity comes up to, for me to say, see how it feels now that you're the parent that has the teenagers driving. <laughs> so once again, I will say to you, stepmoms, if you have bio kids that are younger than your stepkids, be careful what you say. Yes. You don't realize the landmines that you are planting for yourself to step on in the future. Yes. It will come back and bite you into booty. Well, part of that is like, even when you were saying those things back in the day, not that you were wrong, but part of me was thinking at some point you will be in my shoes and I will remind you of how utterly annoying this is for you to constantly remind me that if this, then that knowing that I'm already stressed out about the fact that they're driving and they're driving too fast and the insurance might go up. I'm there with you. I don't need to be reminded, (laughs) but you wouldn't address the issue. I didn't address it the way you wanted me to address it. As far as I knew, you didn't address it at all, which is something that we can talk about because (laughs) a lot of times stepmoms will go, well, he didn't even say nothing to them. Well, I don't know that David didn't say anything to his kids. I know he didn't say anything to them right then or in my presence, but that doesn't mean he didn't say anything to them. Right? Oh, that is absolutely right. Right. But like I said, I had re-engaged, so I would take it upon myself and send said speedy kid a text message that said, slow your roll. And he'd send me a smiley face back. Yeah. I think he just thought it was funny. Yeah, he did. Uh-huh. Also, a little bit of advice for stepmoms that have Life360, don't look at it. <laughs> because even though I had re-engaged, it caused me stress. It caused me stress. I'm not talking about you right because now. Because you would come to me and, and report on where they were, how long they were there, <laughs> how fast they drove, just all the stuff. And I'm like, they're not your kids. Leave it alone. I didn't say that to you, but right. that's my thought. I'm like, didn't Dr. Butler tell you? Not your kids. Look, <laughs> but again, that, let's clarify. I had re-engaged. I, I know. Sometimes I wish you had not even re-engaged quite so soon. All right. That does it. <laughs> <laughs> we hadn't done this in a while, y'all. So there's a difference between re-engaging with the kids. <gasps> oh. Misfire. <laughs> so she's getting the Nerf gun out for those of you who can't see us. <laughs> Why are you covering your face, David? <laughs> Why? What do you think? Because you have a high velocity projectile pointed at my... F- oh, you just did miss. So no, there's a difference between re-engaging with the stepkids and then re-engaging with the step-parent about stepkids. Because guess what? You mean the bio parent? <laughs> yeah, that. So too. you don't even know who you're talking about. There's a difference. So just back up. No, slow your roll. Oh, yeah, it feels. There's a difference between reengaging with the stepkids and reengaging with the bio parent about the stepkids. Because guess what? No matter how far you go down the Nacho Kids methodology, no matter how much progress you make, the bio parent still does not want to hear anything 
negative about their stepkid or about their kid. Right. So the whole point of this is, even though I had reengaged with the stepkids, David still didn't want me talking crap about his kids. So it did stress me out to see Speedy Gonzalez going 100 miles an hour on the interstate. And so that's when I had to back up and stop looking at Life 360. What amazed me is like, your kid wasn't driving. So the only thing that you could look at on Life 360 that really had anything to do with you is where I was. But I was in the same house with you. So you shouldn't even been looking at it at all. I was checking on my sweet baby <laughs> stepkids. <laughs> okay. I really appreciate your your help and oversight, <laughs> making sure that my stepkids were safe. Exactly. Your stepkids. See, what are you talking about? I don't know. It's you early. You don't even okay? know who you are. <laughs> you keep calling my stepkids, so I'm just calling them stepkids. <laughs> <sighs> okay. All right. Let's get to the... Well, hang on. Let's just clarify for people. <sighs> I want to make sure there's no confusion. There's plenty of confusion. <laughs> <laughs> With you, David. You don't even know who you are. When you do re-engage with the stepkids, it's a process. And it has to be where they lead that re-engagement. So you still have to be careful not to overstep those boundaries and not tell bio parent, yeah, little Johnny was going 75 in a 45 and blah, 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 blah. And what if you going to do about it? Ticket, yeah. What you going to do about it? <laughs> For those that don't know, David says that he felt like every time I would say something to him that I would go, so what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. You have to trust them to handle it. Earlier, you said that you never saw me say anything to the kids, even though you think I should have said something to the kids. Right. Which which means that when you were telling me things, you would expect something to be done about it. So you would, even though you wouldn't say it, you would think, okay, I've just told you this. Now, what are you going to do about it? Because right. you expected something to happen about it whether it be me talking to them or punishing them or whatever, there was an expectation from you that I was going to do something. Right. And so when you would tell me things, even though you wouldn't say it, I always felt like if I just put on the end of that sentence, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> that pretty much was accurate. That's how I felt about it. And granted, that was pretty nacho. Mm -hmm. That also creates a lot of stress on the bio parent to have to deal with because now whatever way you decided that you were going to deal with it, now you feel like you're not dealing with it because you feel like you should, you're dealing with it because you feel like somebody else expects you to do it. Right. And the kids pick up on that because mm -hmm. they'd be like, is this coming from you or from Lori? <laughs> 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 but yes, all that was pretty nacho. So one last time when you re-engage, that does not mean that you can tell the bio parent everything you think their kid is doing wrong. You re-engage with the stepkids in a non-parental role. You don't re-engage with your significant other as a tattletale about the stepkids. Mm -hmm. You can do it. Just, I don't then think it, it defeats the purpose. I don't think it'll work out well for you, but you can try. Right. <laughs> it's like these people in, like, in the Facebook group. They're like, oh, no, I do it this way. I'm like, okay, give it a try. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then when it blows up in your face, then you'll understand why we're telling you not to do it that way. Yep, we'll be like, uh, we know why that's not going to work, but okay. Yeah, or I love it when people go, well, my significant other don't have a problem with me doing that. But then when you talk to the significant other, they're like, oh, God, I hate it when she does that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, so David, let's talk about our guest today. Okay. This is part two of the Yankee Stepmom. Oh, yeah, I remember her from last week. Yeah, good job. I know. This time we talk about mini wife slash mini husband syndrome. With the stepkids. Mini husband. I haven't heard that one yet. 
It's the same thing as a mini wife, but it's the little boy instead of a little girl. Hmm. But boys usually don't have any issues. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) One of the things that we talk about is the stepdaughter would say to her dad, so you're going to believe her over me? Talking about the stepmom. Y'all, that is the hardest position or situation to be put in when your kid is saying, no, that's not what happened. And your significant other is going, yes, it did. You don't want to call your kid a liar. And you don't want to believe your kid would lie. And you don't want to call your husband or significant other a liar. So it's that rock and hard place thing. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? You say, I understand this is what you feel like happened. And you tell your significant other, you're a liar. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. You say, look here, significant other. My sweet baby would never lie. Okay. Obviously misunderstood the situation. Oh, gosh. No, you don't say that either. You don't give any good advice on this one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So what you say is, I understand that you feel that this is what happened to both of them. Because as we all know, there is his side and his side. (laughs) If you're talking about the stepdad and the bio kid. There's three sides to every story. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Side one, side two, and then the truth. (laughs) (laughs) And we've talked about it before. Just because I don't think that something happened that way doesn't mean that that's not how the stepkids perceived it. So like me waking them up in the morning, rise and shine, kids that ain't mine. To them, that was me hollering at them. Because you was hollering at them. Well, that's because they were used to mama coming in, rubbing their backs, going, (laughs) wake up, sweet darling. Mama's here. That's the way you should have done it. Yeah, whatever. Now my kids are in therapy because of that. No, they're not. <laughs> Your kids laugh about that now. <laughs> Let's quit talking, David. I'm waiting on you to stop. Oh, my gosh. See, you can't do it. <laughs> All right, here's a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. <laughs> there is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Okay, y'all. Today, we have part two with the Yankee Stepmom. Hey, Yankee Stepmom, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing good. Good. Just to recap for our listeners, you have been blending four and a half years. Yep. Stepson 19, stepdaughter 17, stepson 15, stepson 13. Right. Bio daughter 21. Mm-hmm. And bio son 8, who was adopted. Correct. And we were supposed to talk about mini wife last time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but we got so wrapped up in the high conflict bio mom stuff. Yeah. And the, the yeah, dad, stepdad. Yeah. And we just ran out of time. We did. So here you are again. Yes. I'm back. You're back. <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit about what you've noticed about mini wife. Or you know what? What is your definition of a mini wife? Oh, boy. Well, first off, I, I mean, mini wife or even mini husband, because I do think boys can do it too. Yes. I even think my own eight-year-old at times tries to take that 
stepped in that role. So it's, it's basically a child who is assuming that partner role to the parent, rather than being their child, they are being their significant other. They have stepped into a role that their parent vacated, their other parent vacated, and they are the confidant, sometimes the caretaker. They have strong opinions and they want to basically be an equal to their parent in that partner role. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they get very, very territorial when a stepmom or stepdad comes onto the scene because they don't want to be pushed out of their confidant role. Yes. I hate to say this. Yeah. I may have been a mini wife in our nuclear family. It can happen. And I can promise you, if my dad and mom would have split up when I was younger and he would have gotten remarried, that poor woman, she would be on here talking about me being a mini wife. Mm-hmm. Possibly. <laughs> So before we get into how I was a mini wife and why I think I was that way, what are some things that you see that are examples? Oh my gosh. Um, Well, the territoriality, very much so. Being very, this is ours. This is how we do it. This is where those items go. Who are you to come in and change any of that? They have their parents' ear. My stepdaughter very early on would physically step between My husband and I, if we were talking about something and her opinion was different than mine, and she would step between us so that dad would hear her and she would want to be recognized and acknowledged as the right opinion, the correct opinion, like, you know, take my side over hers. Mm -hmm. And that definitely created some conflict. (laughs) It would be, honestly, you feel like you're the other woman in this relationship for a while because it could be something as simple as dad and I discussing where to go to eat dinner. And I say, oh, I feel like hamburgers and fries tonight. So let's go to grill type restaurant. And many wife says, no, I want chicken wings. And then dad is basically torn. Does he side with new partner or does he side with daughter kind of thing? And, you know, it, anytime daughter is sided with that almost just makes that power grow. I mean, she would throw me looks like, ha ha, see, I still am number one. Mm-hmm. And it would be like, oh, you know, at first you feel like you're questioning yourself going, am I jealous of a kid? Is this real? Is this, or am I just, you know, overreacting? Mm-hmm. And it could be something like her wanting input. When we went on our, quite honestly, it was our first and so far only family vacation with everyone. (laughs) It it was bad. Oh, I mean, it was good and bad, but like I worked really, really hard to find a place with enough beds because when you have eight people in your family, a lot of rentals don't have enough bed space and, you know, trying to make sure there was enough room that everyone could kind of spread out. And he and I had looked at several different places and we picked this one that looked great. I mean, it had plenty of beds for everybody. The boys would be like in a bunk room. Oh my gosh. If we didn't land there and mini wife rearranged who was sleeping where. (sighs) Yeah. um, She was originally supposed to, and, and I had intentionally picked this, this place because it had this really nice bedroom that she and my daughter were going to share. And she wanted to be in the bunk room with the boys and kick my son out of his bed. 
Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, I was so mad. I was furious. And of course, he just, dad just went, okay, well, it looks like everyone's worked it all out. And I'm like, uh, uh, everyone's not worked everything out. I wasn't even consulted. Like, I literally had taken luggage and had taken some stuff to put it in this other room and come back. And I hadn't even had a chance to see the bedroom yet. And suddenly luggage is going this way, that way. People are doing this and this is my bed. And I'm like, wait a second. So do you think that instance may have been her trying to keep her and her brothers together? I think for her, honestly, looking back, it was a level of comfort that her and her brothers being in one space together provided that security and Mm -hmm. comfort for her. Um, Had she just voiced it like that instead of throwing out all these excuses like, I like bunk beds, I don't like regular beds, or (laughs) uh, silly stuff. The view's better over here. Uh, It just, you know, and then it just came down to, I don't want to sleep in that other room. Okay. What I was upset about was I felt like my son was getting pushed out of a bed, and he did. He ended up, it turned out, this was a complete fluke, the room ended up having a trundle Like it wasn't a true trundle because it didn't pop up, but it pulled out from underneath one of the bunks. Uh It was basically a mattress on wheels. And he was thrilled with it. I was furious because I'm like, my son is sleeping on a floor on a mattress. But he didn't care. He didn't care. And I cared. And that's where I needed to just go, "Eh, let it go. He's happy. So yeah, for him, it was like a camping trip. And see, that's the thing too. I think a lot of times things bother us more than they bother the kids. They do. And some of the things that we don't think is going to bother the kids really bother the kids. Right. Especially when you've got that parent, confidant, not really the child relationship. Did you notice with the stepdaughter that she was like that when it came to her brothers and their interaction with her dad? Or was it just with you? Oh, you know, it really... Sometimes. I mean, she wanted to also be kind of in charge of them, even though she was not the oldest, she would try to sort of push her older brother out of the way and take charge of the two youngers and kind of give them marching orders, so to speak. And, you know, her and the one, the brother right beneath her in age are very close. So he would do whatever she said. If she said, we're going to go right, they go right. She is very careful to not do it in front of dad because dad will say things like, you know, don't boss your brothers around. You're not in charge of your brothers. But it was strange how he would allow her to sort of call the shots with him. <laughs> Be like, um, don't you see what she's doing to you? <laughs> don't boss your brothers around, but you can boss me around, darling. Exactly. It was, I mean, honestly, there are times that their relationship looks more like, I hate to say it, but like a significant other, mm-hmm. you know, that, that sort of like, he'll get very, my husband will get very upset even to this day. If she's mad at him, if she gets, if she gets upset with him and he's, and it's not been something like they've had an argument, then he feels very badly. Like he would spend like the next day trying to do little things to make her feel better. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, don't be mad at me. Oh, look, here I bought your favorite snack chips. Or, oh, hey, why don't you and I go out here and kick soccer ball? You know, things like just little ways to make her feel better. Right. And we had talked about, I believe, in the previous podcast about guilty parent syndrome. Yes. So your husband does have that. Oh, yes. Especially when it comes to her. He has it with all his kids, but especially with her because 
he feels really bad that her bio mom in her kind of younger years really just didn't have interest in parenting her. Mm-hmm. She was more because she had, I think because she had brothers, she was more tomboyish and bio mom wanted like the curls and the dresses and the tea parties. And then because there was not interest there from my stepdaughter, she just pretty much didn't spend a lot of time with her. And now that she is a teenager, bio mom is interested again. But I think my husband was felt very badly that his daughter didn't have a close mother-daughter relationship to grow up on. Mm-hmm. Now, stepdaughter was 13, 12, 13 when y'all got married? Yes. Okay. How long had her dad and her mom been split up? Oh, gosh. It had been probably at least five or six years at that point. So she had a lot of time with dad to, yes. to be bossy and for him to say, oh, where do you want to go for dinner, little Susie? Right. And to take that feminine role in the house. Right. Because she was the only girl. Right. And I mean, there are things that, I mean, it's stereotypical to say that boys may not have an opinion or a care about, whereas a girl might. So I think dad oftentimes asked her opinion mm-hmm. for a lot of things. And the guilty parent syndrome kicks in and he wants to make sure that she's happy. Yes. And that she's okay with it. Right. And her being the only girl, he may feel that she felt left out. Yes, very much so. Have you ever talked to him about mini wife syndrome? Not in those terms, because that would, <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> that would just be like. <laughs> I wonder which is worse, talking to him about nacho kids or mini wife syndrome? Oh gosh, anything that would put crosshairs on her would, would definitely set him off. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I, I don't know, that would be interesting to see. <laughs> I've talked to him about things like saying saying stuff like, I understand where it was during that divorce and separation time for you guys, that it was really easy for her to step into that role. He would say things like, she just wanted to take care of me and know that I was okay. Mm-hmm. And and I get that. And he would say things like, I would have to pry her off of me to go you know, on a play date with friends or because she always wanted to know what I would be doing. She felt bad if I was alone. I, I can understand that completely. And, and I can see where their dynamic made them so close. He has flat out told me many times that she has a special place with him mm-hmm. and she will always have that special place. So I do know, I mean, flat out, I know that it's never going to be a win for stepmom and stepdaughter to go head to head on anything. Stepmom will lose. Mm-hmm. Stepmom will. Yeah. So I just kind of put it as a, well, maybe we need to help her understand, you know, what a healthy relationship looks like between a husband and a wife. So she doesn't feel that need to, I said, you know, she doesn't have to worry about taking care of you at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't worry about taking care of him anymore now that I'm in the picture, but it's more like just wanting to make sure her place of importance is still there. Right. And I wonder if a lot of it could be compared to just being a daddy's girl. Some level. Yes, very much. But the, I guess a mini wife or mini, mini husband even takes it up a notch Mm -hmm. when they want to go head to head with the significant other over who's more important kind of thing, if that makes sense. Uh, Yeah, it does. Because, you know, I said that I thought that I would be considered a mini wife and I'm thinking, well, I don't know if that's really the right terminology, but I'm a true daddy's girl. Mm -hmm. But there are things that I did that I recall doing that I do think could be viewed as a mini wife, like 
if I wanted something and my mom said no and my dad said yes and my dad ended up, of course, my dad said yes. And then I looked at my mom and was kind of like, uh-huh. I don't, I mean, I think that can still be, that can fall into the daddy's girl thing. I, I still, I mean, like I was a daddy's girl growing up, kind of. But I was also a, a bossy little thing too. <laughs> I, know, I know that's shocking. No. <laughs> You're fine. Um, I probably was bossy too. But there is, I guess, I, when I look at it like being a daddy's girl growing up, I would never have done things to deliberately try and drive a wedge between my mom and dad. Oh, I would have done anything I could to make my mom mad. <laughs> then you probably weren't anyway. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my mom and I didn't get along very well because I was such a daddy's girl. <sighs> Every family is unique. <laughs> Every family is unique. <laughs> yes, that's true. Oh, and we're not even going to go there. I could write a whole book on that. I mean, my mini wife has even, like when she was younger, went so far as to tell an outright lie, like a completely fabricated, this happened this way, and stepmom did this. And I looked at her and I was shocked. I'm like, that is completely made up. I mean, first I was trying to be careful not to say you're lying. And he could tell my reaction that she was lying. And he had known that she had made up lies before. Um, She had proudly stated to me that she managed to come between him and all his previous girlfriends (laughs) and other family members kind of confirmed that. So I was like, Oh, and this was after he and I had already been together for a while. She and I got on great in the beginning. I think she saw me as a very safe person. She enjoyed being around me. I was and am very mom-like. So I think she felt taken care of for the first time in a while. But then when it became like, oh, wait, this person's here to stay and she's pretty, then it was kind of like, oh, wait, I don't think I like this. But so I remember that night she was telling this lie and she was fully committed to it. She was insistent that she, this is exactly what happened. And if daddy questioned it, she was getting more and more upset. And he said something to her, the effect of like, I'm trying to talk to you about this. Please don't get upset. You don't need to, you know, cause she was starting to scream and yell and kind of tantrum. And he took her to the side at that point because I was right there. And he took her kind of to the other room. I could still hear, but I heard her clearly say, you're going to choose to believe her over me. <laughs> And he said, because I don't believe what you're saying is true. And it's not okay to make up a story about somebody. And she was, and she just kept, but you're taking her side. And he's like, it's not about sides. It's about what happened. And that is so hard because my son is not a mini husband. He tries to parent me. So I guess he would be a mini daddy. I don't know. There you go. (laughs) But I know there were times that my son would say something and David would say something and they were complete opposite. And you don't want to call either one of them a liar because you don't know what happened. Right. And it wasn't anything outlandish. It was just simple as David says, well, I told him such and such. And my son said, no, he told me da da da. So that's a really hard situation for a parent to be in because you don't want to have to choose really, but for an outlandish story, then yes. It's obvious. Right. And so I'm glad that he wasn't afraid to stand up to her and tell her, look, that's not true. Well, that was one of the only times (laughs) that he he had my back. (laughs) Well, girl. plenty more. (laughs) One time's good. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But I I mean, that has been kind of her angle ever since is who are you going to believe, me or her? I mean, she's one of the last arguments I think we had this year. 
she actually said to me, my dad's going to believe me over you any day. And I was like, okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And unfortunately at that point in time, I was thinking to myself, yeah, you're probably right, but (laughs) got to try. I mean, got to. I mean, I'm still not going to back down from you. Well, see, that's one thing I love about you is you're, you're realistic. You're like, yeah, you're probably right, but it's yeah. worth a shot. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm mean, i still going to be me. I'm still do it my way. Uh-huh. <laughs> but. So when she tells you that, most people's first reaction is, I'm going to tell your dad you said that. It's useless mm-hmm. because it is. it's not that they won't necessarily believe you. They don't want to believe bad things about their kid. Right. They don't want to be mad at their kid. They don't want to be mad at their spouse. Right. So it's a no win for them. Yep, exactly. It's like David says, you take one problem and multiply it because you take the problem of her saying something like that. And if you tell the dad, it all of a sudden, it's you're part of the problem because you're complaining about his kid. Then you've put him in the middle and it just, it gets out of hand. Exactly. Exactly. And what do you do? Yeah. I mean, you can look for the conflict or you can be like, is this what, I mean, honestly, sometimes when there's a conflict, you have to go, is this really big enough to have the conflict over? Is it worth, (laughs) is it worth dying on that hill today? Exactly. Some days it is. Some days there are issues that, yeah, we need to go there. But most of the time it's like, you know what? I'm not even going to do it anymore. Now remind us, you have them all the time? Pretty much. Yes, they do. Their mom does live locally like 10 minutes from our house. And, but all the teenagers can choose when they want to go over there. Okay. So for instance, actually, last night was the first night many wives stayed at our house, stayed at at the house of a parent, period, our house (laughs) or mom's house in a week. She couch surfs to different friends and there's always an excuse of why, like, oh, I have to be with this friend because we're going to study. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. um, great. Yeah. But yeah. But so like last night for whatever, it, there, there are moments when dad decides he's going to put his foot down and he had already realized, you know what? I haven't seen my kid, like seen her for like more than five or 10 minutes since Thanksgiving at all, like here or there. So I think, so that made him say, he put his foot down. He's like, no, you're coming home tonight. <laughs> And so she knows dad's moods. She can kind of judge. Uh Is it worth trying to work my way and and get that? Or is this going to be a hard no tonight? Right. And that's so funny because a lot of stepmoms will say, he doesn't make her come home and she couch surfs everywhere and we never know where she is. Nacho responsibility. Well, I'm like, peace be with you. (laughs) I mean, good luck. Well, and that's what I was going to say is you can tell with you that you're kind of like, okay, it doesn't bother you because she's not there jumping in between y'all. Now that I nacho, I mean, I used to be like that. I used to be like, hey, you said no back-to-back sleepover nights or no sleepovers on a school night or whatever. And I'd point out to him and then there'd be an argument or he would feel criticized. And then I started thinking like, why am I even worrying about this? Mm -hmm. It's not bothering him. Not bothering bio mom. Why am I up in arms over this? And now, quite honestly, it's a lot easier not having her because when she is home, like you said, she's jumping in between us, basically trying to kind of push forward whatever agenda she's on that week of whatever she wants 
next, whether it's money for new clothes or I don't know, some else, something else to buy. Right. Well, the reason I asked or wanted to clarify how often they're there is I know a lot of stepmoms where the stepdaughter only comes every other weekend Mm. and they get mad because stepdaughter wants to sit beside the dad or the stepmom gets up to go to the bathroom during a movie and she comes back and stepdaughter is all cuddled up on daddy. Mm -hmm. And I can understand that more when they only see their dad every other weekend. Right. And I really, I don't know the right word I'm trying to say, but I almost expect the stepmom to be more understanding in that situation because you would think that she could step back and look and go, she only sees her dad four days a month. Right. And that I that makes sense. But it doesn't work that way. They still feel like this child is controlling everything in my home four days a month. And that's too much. <laughs> four days a month. I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's funny when people say oh. stuff like, oh, you know, this kid drives me crazy, and you start talking to them or on a Facebook group, and they're like, well, how often do you have them? And they're like, every third weekend. <laughs> and the people respond and be like, I would be thanking God every day <laughs> if we only had every third weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, and that sounds mean to say that, like, oh, we only had them. I, I get that where people get in their routines, and then they feel like every other weekend their house kind of gets turned upside down with this change. Mm-hmm. But I guess I used to be able to, back when they were following a more regular, I guess you could say, visitation schedule, and they weren't in the house every day, like every day, like now. Uh They might be home after school for a while before mom picked up, but they would still, there'd be nights when they weren't there. Now, it's just whatever. I mean, it is whatever it is. I can understand how that felt looking for that break. I would think, oh God, only another hour before mom's supposed to get off work. <laughs> and if mom called and said she wasn't getting off at the time she thought should be an extra hour, I'd think, oh, how am I going to survive another hour on top of it? You know, I-, I still remember one time something came up and mom decided that she wasn't going to take her night. And this was early on. And many wife is the one that told me we are not going to mom's today. I said, Oh no, honey, it's your mom's day thinking because I hadn't heard yet. And she went, no, my mom told me <laughs> like, and I just got to give you that good news stepmom. <laughs> but I was like, <gasps> and I could just, that, that, that sucking out of my lungs, feeling like I can't breathe. Like, Oh God, Oh God, my night. Yes. Another one of those. I know more than you do of what's going on around here. Oh, absolutely. She used to love to do that. And that, I remember that night, especially, I blew up my husband and said, no, 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 as your wife, I need to know these kind of things. It is really, I said, it's mortifying to have children making me feel like I'm the last to know. And I overreacted. I know I totally did. And he was just <laughs> like, I don't understand what the big deal is. And I'm like, because this is my home too. Right. You know, I'm the person actually at that point in time that was doing all of the meal planning, all of the cooking. Well, and they look at it as it's no big deal. Right. Okay, you're fixing spaghetti. Everybody eat just a little less. So she can, you know, the kid that came over unexpectedly has some. Or I won't eat, so she can. Just calm down. Right. And I'm not dismissing that people that only have their stepkids every other weekend don't have it hard. So I want to clarify that. Sure. And sometimes I think it's harder when you only have them every other weekend versus 50-50 because that adjustment period doesn't really happen. 
No. If you have them 50-50, then they come over, say, Sunday night. By Tuesday, you're kind of kicking into a groove. Mm-hmm. Maybe Wednesday. But from Friday to Sunday, you don't get to kick into a groove. No. And then they're gone again, and you're back to right resetting. And you can't really instill a lot into kids in 48 hours, especially if you have guilty parent syndrome. Oh, gosh, no. It's just a party. Right. Exactly. So... Again, I just wanted to clarify that I'm not saying that the stepmoms that only have every other weekend that you have nothing to complain about because I know you do. Right, no. Everyone, it's everyone's perspective. If your perspective is this and life is hard, it's hard no matter what. Well, that's the thing is if it's hard for you, it's hard for Mm -hmm. you. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Yeah. And little Susie might think down the road that she's got it hard. But then she goes in my Facebook group and reads somebody else's story and is like, well, at least the stepkid wasn't trying to poison me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, somebody's always got it worse than you. Exactly. Or you can look for a silver lining somewhere and go, well, I mean. I don't know about you, but with nachoing and part of what we tried to teach people in the academy is it's imperative to look for that silver lining mm-hmm. because if you can't find a silver lining it's bad right and sometimes you do have to take that to extremes and say well yeah she's a smart aleck and she rolls her eyes but at least she can see yeah <laughs> yeah i mean seriously yeah there are moments my mini wife has really good sense of humor and she can be funny mm-hmm. i'm sure so funny <laughs> You have to find those things. Right. But we also have to remember, yes, mini wife or mini dad, whatever, is a pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. But these kids are more than likely going to move out at some point. Right. And if you can't handle the mini wife thing, you have to decide if that's your hill to die on. Right. Do you really want to end your relationship with your significant other because their daughter is insecure in their relationship and she needs more attention than you think she should or whatever have you? Right. You have to look at your relationship with your significant other and say, okay, are they doing anything to discourage the mini wife or are they encouraging it? Because there are some kind of toxic relationships out there where the parent kind of pits the kid against the step parent. Yes. And they don't care. I mean, they're not looking to change anything. So I will say that over the years, my husband has gotten better about recognizing where he's giving her a little too much opinion power in the early days when it was time to pick those restaurants and she had decision-making. Well, now it's not so much like that. He'll ask me in a private conversation first, if I have a preference, and then... We know we take it from there. Do you think that's because you complained about it? Or do you think that he may start noticing some of those things on his own? In some of the early arguments, yes, I complained. In other, as we've evolved, I've tried to have more calm discussions and just say, you know, that kind of makes me feel like I'm in the back seat. Mm -hmm. Or this is making me feel like I'm not a priority or I'm not even making the top 10 of the priority list. And so sometimes when he is reflected, he'll say, oh, I can kind of see where that happened. Right. You want to approach it the way that you just stated. You don't want to cross your arms and pout. Right. And you don't want to be seen as, 
a grown person having a temper tantrum and acting like one of the kids. Right. Like, don't switch the roles. Don't lower yourself to being the child because the stepdaughter's acting like a mini wife. Right. Yeah, I can see it now. You get mad and she's made all these decisions and you pile up on a couch and you cross your arms and poke your lip mm-hmm. out and you're like, I guess she can fix supper then. <laughs> Let her go ahead and do your laundry. You told that. Let her wash your dirty underwear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what's that's what's funny because now, I mean, and many wives, I think they tend to be more, oh gosh. And in some respects, I think when they're younger, like preteen, they tend to be a little more obvious about it and they'll say things. But the teenage girls, I think, tend to get more quiet subtle and manipulative. They just change. They don't go away. They just evolve their methods, I guess you could say. They get smarter. Oh, they get very smart. They watch. Uh-huh. <laughs> they look for the weakness. <laughs> they look for your Achilles heel and they go right for it. That's it. <laughs> yep. Now, I'm hoping this wasn't the case with you, but I have seen where the mini wife actually wants to sleep in the same bed with dad at night. Nope, that was never the case. Thank God. I don't know how I would have handled that because that would have been hard for sure. Right. She's just one that her own like body sensory type stuff. She has never wanted to be cuddled. She's not the cuddle up kind. So I didn't have that to deal with. I didn't have her draped all over dad. She's definitely one that like, she's, she's very, I don't want to say hyper, but I mean, she's loud when she's in the room, you know, she's there. She will actually, if she wants to talk to somebody, she will walk down the hall already like announcing her conversation before she's entered the room. She might say, hey, dad, I want to do da-da-da, and doesn't even know he's not even in the room. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny when it happens because she'll walk in and freeze and like look at me, and I'm like, oh, uh, he's out in the garage or he's out in the backyard or whatever. And then it's like, oh, okay. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's you. <laughs> You're here. <laughs> I'm curious as to your opinion on this mm-hmm. since you didn't experience it. But it's also something that we see in the group a lot where the stepmom, especially ones that don't have children of their own, Mm. wonder what appropriate slash inappropriate touching is between a dad and his daughter. Yeah. Some will say she's nine years old and she's piled up on the couch holding daddy's hand. Is that inappropriate or is that appropriate? Yeah, I've seen those. I've Yeah, I've heard those conversations. And you know what? It, if, if you don't have kids or have never had children, or maybe even not even a close relationship to like a niece or nephew, then probably any of that would seem off to you. Right. You know, growing up, I have, I have a lot of nieces and nephews, so I was really close to them. So, I mean, I just grew up in a family where, you know, you're watching a, a TV show and there's always a kid snuggled up to you mm-hmm. or something, you know, and that wasn't considered weird or inappropriate. I think in those cases, they just don't know what is normal with kids. And that's, it's hard to, to be with somebody with kids if you don't have kids. Right. And I think a lot of it depends on their relationship with their own father. Exactly. If you grew up in a family that was not at all touchy, huggy, anything like that, then that's going to seem weird to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen the, the comments like, you know, they seem like, is it is it wrong that she's 10 and he still tucks her in at night? No. Not at all. No. Given going in and tucking your kid in and giving them a kiss or even reading them a story. I mean. Or saying prayers, whatever. Yeah. 
that's all normal. I I have a brother that's only two years older than me. And my dad would read us chapter books when we were eight, nine, 10 years old. And so he would, you know, would both just had come into one of our rooms and would join and he would read a couple chapters and then I'd go to my room or depending on whoever's room. But I mean, that wasn't unusual. That's nice. That's good bonding time with your parents. Right. Yes. And I guess because of my relationship with my dad, I don't see it in the same way that some of the childhood sure. stepmoms. If my dad comes over here, I still pile up on the couch beside him. And I'm not telling you how old I am. <laughs> but I will tell you that if I probably wouldn't break his hips or his lap, I would sit on his lap. But I love my daddy. And yeah. I'll cuddle up to him and I'll hug on him. And I want him to know I love him. But mm-hmm. what's funny is my family was not a real touchy-feely family. Hmm. Oh. But... They are more than David's family. So, like, anytime I talk to my dad, I don't care if I talk to him 20 times a day, when I hang up the phone, I say, I love you. Anytime I see him, I hug him at least twice. Aww. And my mom, the same way. Even though we didn't get along, I'd still hug her. (laughs) I'd make sure she didn't have any knives in her hand, but I'd still hug her. (laughs) But David's family... I noticed that when he talks to his mom and they get off the phone, they don't say, I love you. Okay, yeah. Or at Thanksgiving, they don't hug each other. Hey, or, you know, anything. Sure. I don't know if some of it's because they live so close to us. I mean, I can walk there in five minutes. That may be some of it, but I really just think that they're not that kind of family. And that's that's probably what it is. It's just not the kind of family. Right. And so David could probably look at me and my dad and be like, she is all piled up on her daddy. What is up with that? <laughs> Get off of there. That's yeah. just not right. Like, something's wrong. You realize how old you are and you're over there going, daddy, daddy. <laughs> but I think that, for lack of a better way to phrase this, if you have a mini wife and you think that their behavior or their physical contact with your significant other is inappropriate, you kind of have to look at it as, do you think your significant other is a pervert? Right. And I don't know any better way to say that, so forgive me. No. There's so much, unfortunately, there's so much in the news these days of sexual abuse and pedophilia and all of that, but I think that's where people are, they look for red flags and signs, but... If your husband, just say he's 30 years old and his daughter's seven, Mm -hmm. and he's like, come here, little girl, come sit on daddy's lap. Well, uh, yeah, (laughs) that's kind of scary. Yeah. (laughs) But if he's sitting on the couch and she piles up beside him and he puts his arm around her, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. God, no. No, that's normal. That's very normal. And you want these children to see what a good relationship is. Well, all children should feel loved and nurtured growing up and that they've got a strong connection to their their family. I mean, that's just to be healthy. Right. And then, like with your situation, for so long, stepdaughter was kind of the woman of the house. Mm -hmm. Very much. And you come in and she's afraid that you're going to push her out of that place. Right. And that it will demote her or that her dad won't love her as much because you're there now. Or that, hey, I have this kind of crummy connection with my bio mom, and now this new person's come in and going to take dad too. Right. And they're going to have nobody. I mean, that's a very, probably very real feeling for some of these kids. Yeah. And it's hard for us to understand it or to even think of it that way, because we're just thinking, you need to tell your daughter to butt out of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Man up, be a daddy, be a parent, 
Taylor is rude to interrupt. Yeah, we're trying to find our place in our new relationship, and here's this kid just in the way. Right. And we don't think, oh, poor little Susie is going through all this stuff. We think uh, you need to tell her to back off there. Right. And that's how I felt. I, in the beginning of the, the very beginning, I felt a lot of empathy. And, and because she and I got along so good, I was completely okay with doing stuff. Like a lot of our dates were family events that everyone, <laughs> we had all the kids uh-huh. and that was okay. But then once she started getting, I think more and more territorial is when things really started to decline because it was kind of like, well, you know what? I'm invested in this relationship. Where's my place? I'm not, this kid is pushing me out of the place that I was in. So where do I go? So do you feel like that you had empathy in the beginning Mm -hmm. and then you started feeling pushed out of place? And since maybe your husband wasn't addressing that issue, that that's what caused more of the resentment toward her behavior? Yes, I think so. Very much so. Because I felt like, I kind of felt like he went backwards for a while. Like he regressed to like the guilty parent syndrome really kicked in high because, oh, okay, now I got married and now, you know, her and her kids moved into the house and the kids are kind of feeling a little out of sorts. And okay, so I'm going to give them their way on this and give them their way on that. And oh, great. Now the wife's mad at me because I did that. And it, it just kind of felt like everyone was going backwards instead of forwards. We weren't looking at making a future together as a family. We were suddenly back to trying reclaiming our own spaces. Yes. And that has created a big hole to climb out of. Yeah. Because you're trying to salvage the relationship you had in the beginning or protect Mm -hmm. the relationship you have with your own. Right. Exactly. And I've heard at at different points, I've heard her say, I've even heard my own son say, um, I've heard my husband say, and I've said, I wish it could be like it was in the very beginning. We all used to sit around and laugh so much. Well, that's because that's because it was an undefined. It was just a new relationship. There was no definitions. There was no, you know, hey, we're engaged. We're getting married. It was just we were dating and having a good time and hanging out and and just being together and getting to know one another. And there was no stepmom telling the stepkids what to do. No, not at all. And we say this all the time. If you are at a place in your blend, that's bad. And you're the stepmom and you're taking on all these responsibilities. Kick back into how you were when you were dating. Yeah. That's where you get to have those fun moments again. That's where the stress goes away. The stress goes away for you. It goes away for the kid. It goes away for the bio Mm -hmm. dad. And it's funny because when you were talking about that, I'm like, but you can have that again because we have it. Right. And I'm telling you, we came from a bad, 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 bad place. <laughs> I, I can't explain to y'all how bad it was. Did your stepsons really want to tie you up? And like, did, weren't they going to like burn you at the stake or something? Girl, <laughs> I joke about that, but I, honest to God, had a fear of that. Because <laughs> there were four of them. Oh, yeah. They could have easily knocked me out, tied me to a tree and burned me at the stake. <laughs> And probably use my son as lighter fluid. Oh. It it was bad. It was bad. They hated me. And it was to the point that I guess one of them, we could have almost considered a mini husband. Yeah. Or mini wife, male mini wife, whatever you want to say. Because he would call his dad and say, is she gone yet? Have you made her move out yet? Oh, yeah. I'm not coming back till you do. He was kind of the ringleader. Yeah. He's actually the one that was on our podcast. That's right. I've heard that podcast before. Yes. Yeah. He was the ringleader. 
of Burn Lori at the stake. Mm-hmm. The others were more followers. Two of them were really quiet. Mm-hmm. You would never really hear them say anything. You could tell they weren't happy, but you would never hear them really say anything. Yeah. But the other stepson, we've got one that's coming back home for a couple of weeks from the Air Force. He's in California right now. And I'm so excited. And I sent him a Facebook message the other day. I said, you're coming home in a few days. I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. And he started laughing. He's like, me too. I can't wait to get on a plane and get out of here and see y'all. And really, I'm so excited. And it still shocks me sometimes how I can't wait to see this kid. Yeah. I miss him. And I never thought that I would miss these kids. When all the bad stuff was going on, Yeah. when they would go to their mamas, it was like, thank you, Jesus. I kind of wish I could get to that point now. Like, I, I'm not there just yet. <laughs> you'll get there. And when you get there, you'll look back and be like, man, this is awesome. When the stepkids talk to you and they go, thank you, I love you. And you're like, oh, they told me they love me. Aww. It's like when we did that interview with Branson and he said, David asked him how he views me now after the whole nacho thing and everything. And he said, as a best friend, I'm like, oh, I won the lottery. Aww. See, and I mean, I can look back now and go, hey, we're not screaming at each other on a daily anymore. I mean, that's kind of, or at least like the snicky, snarky little comments, you know, walking through the kitchen. We aren't, we don't have those right now. That's because both of you are growing. Right. She's growing out of that smart, lucky teenage stage. Uh, not yet. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. A little bit. And you're growing as a stepmom. Right. And realizing more about yourself. You're becoming more self-aware. Right. You're becoming more diligent and or more deliberate in your thinking of finding the silver lining. Right. And I'm looking towards the eye on the prize for the future. Like instead of, I, I think if you've been divorced before, you kind of, when you go into another relationship, you tell yourself you don't want to ever get divorced again, but you know what? Hey, I survived it once. I can do it again. If this doesn't <laughs> work out, I hate to say it, but it's kind of like that. And so then, you know, the first couple years, exactly the first couple years of blending, you're just like, Oh, this is awful. What was I thinking? You know, should I get out? Should I, should I run? Should I cut my losses? And thankfully I haven't gotten to that point yet where I've just decided to cut my losses and go. So I'm looking at the future. I want, uh, you know, I'm I'm always asking myself, how can I build a better future? Where is this going to, is this relationship going to put me in a future that I like what it looks like? Picture the Thanksgiving table. Are we all sitting around it and smiling and talking? Or is it I'm sitting by myself in a TV tray in another room because I can't stand them? No, I want, I want the, the down the road where I, I can't imagine what it would be like to have my stepchildren's children call me grandma someday, but I hope that happens. Mm-hmm. And that they, you know, hey, we're going to go see grandma and grandpa. And that's just how it is. Right. It's not like, oh, we're going to go see dad and her. <laughs> yeah. Nothing goes through you like that. Her. When you get referred yeah. to as her, oh my gosh, it sticks. It does. So if you can keep your eye on that, what kind of future do you want to create? It helps a lot. It helps to bite your tongue in that moment when you go, okay, I'm creating a future here. I'm not going to tell that kid that I'm sick of their dirty dishes on the counter for the 14th day in a row. Exactly. And it's funny when you said that about sitting alone at Thanksgiving. I went a full year of disengagement, hard disengagement with these kids. And it was necessary because we had hurt each other so badly. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you might end up where there's a time frame that you are sitting along your little old woman tray in front of yeah. the TV watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, eating your turkey, and everybody else is having a jolly good time. Yeah. But it's not going to always be that way. 
And that's one thing that we try to tell people. Disengaging is not the only thing that the Nacho Kids method is. It's part of it. That's the part that alleviates the pressure. That's the part that allows the healing to begin. Mm -hmm. But you becoming more self-aware of your contributions to the negativity in the relationship, your perceptions not necessarily being right all the time, and trying to understand that everybody's struggling. All that has so much to do with the method that that's what allows you to re-engage. Because you still can't re-engage when you're mad. Right. Or resentful. Right. And I can sit here and yes, I can go back in my head and play memories of things that the stepkids did that hurt me. Mm -hmm. But why would I do that? It serves no purpose. Right. Now, granted, we know from research that our brains keeps telling us these memories because it's trying to protect us. Mm -hmm. But in trying to protect us, it keeps us from letting go of the past and moving on and having that healthier future. That's true. So I hope that your grandkids call you grandma. Oh, I hope so too. (laughs) I don't know if you've heard it, but there's a podcast that we talk about what David's oldest said that he would call me or have his kid call me. I think I've heard it. Yeah, David was in Japan and they were talking about Avery getting married and having kids or whatever. And I said, I don't want to be called granny because I don't want to be granny. And he said, you'll be old lady with a ham sandwich. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) And some people listening to that are probably like, that's rude. No, y'all don't understand. For this child to acknowledge that I would have any type of relationship in the future with his kids was like winning the lottery. Yeah. Because his response could have been, she ain't never seen my kid. Right. Or I don't want her touching my child. Right. (laughs) So for me to be old lady with a ham sandwich, I will wear that title proudly. I will get a pin and have it printed on there. (laughs) Exactly. I'll get me a hat. I'll get it on the back of my car. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But a lot of times it's we've got to lower our expectations too. Yes. There's so much to this blend Mm -hmm. and you and I talking has been great because we have talked about so many different issues that people have and you and I both know we could keep going. Oh my gosh. I know. It's crazy. That's why people need help with this. Right. And it's important to remember that people that are hurting turn around and hurt other people. And whether it's the kids in the, in the family that are hurting people or the adults or everybody is hurting each other. Right. If we can get to a place where they're healing or healing is at least starting, then the family is so much better off. Yes. You no longer dread coming home. Mm-hmm. You no longer get annoyed by the sound of their voice. Mm-hmm. True. And it may not be the perfect family like you thought it would be. But it's a good place and a good family. Yes. So what would you say, 10 years down the road, stepdaughter will be 27? 27, yes. What do you want your relationship with her to be? Just say she's 27 and she's getting ready to get married. Well, I'd like to be invited to the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Now, see, that's perfect. Your response was not... I want her to ask me to go pick out the dress with her. Oh, gosh, no. (laughs) But see, Yankee Stepmom, you have realistic expectations. I I just want it to be pleasant. Um, I just want it to be that, you know, I can stand by her dad and we can all laugh and smile and we can have a nice time. And I'm not looking to have a title or a role in the wedding. I'm the stepmom who last year when stepson graduated high school, I swallowed every ounce of pride and anxiety. And we had 
bio mom at our house for not one, but two graduation related occasions. And it was hard. Oh gosh, it was hard because of COVID things went virtual. So the graduation ceremony was online. And so they were, they were broadcasting it. Stepson wanted her there. And so I said, you know, we're going to make a nice little, cause it was done in the morning. So I had like a brunch. I had, we invited her. We had the, my stepson's grandmother on our side come and an aunt that he's close to. And then he wanted her to come to his graduation party when we had, like, we had an open house and he wanted members of her family invited. And I just kept thinking this is getting worse and worse and worse. So if I can do that, I can stand there for sure when she gets married and just stand by her dad and smile. I don't need to be there for picking out flowers, dress anything that her mom can stand by her side if that's how they do it or dad can go with her and do it i've learned how to step back when he like he and her are doing something like birthday shopping i'll go along and i will just be his support because he's gonna say yes or no without my opinion i don't need to give my opinion so i'm just there to support him in that respect right and that brings up another thought really quickly when y'all go places Do you find, or did you find when she was younger that she would want to walk beside daddy and you were kind of left in the back? Often, yes. How did you handle that? Oh, sometimes good, sometimes not. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) nothing like I would walk up and shove her out of the way or anything, but I might just be kind of quietly seething. And I know one time we went to an amusement park and I was just walking next to him. And the next thing I know, here's a kid, right? Like literally walking so that they kept moving themselves backwards until they were between us. Uh And I'm like, okay. And I wasn't thrilled. You know, there's those moments when you just kind of have to go, okay, am I going to ruin this day, this moment? I'll give it a few minutes, give them a few minutes of time with that parent. And then I will kind of quietly try to reinsert myself, I guess. And, you know, next to my, my spouse or go to the other side. Like if we're at a restaurant, I might sit on one side of him and she can sit on the other. Right. I usually let her choose first. Look at you being all grown up. Well, but that gives that sense of control. What I had noticed about her is if she's given that control and that choice first, oftentimes then she can relax enough to relinquish her crown, so to speak. Yes. She might choose to sit with her brothers then. Like, oh, no, no, I don't need to fight over dad because I get to pick. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> great. You're down there then. And I won and you don't even know it. <laughs> And that's perfect what you just said. A lot of times giving them some of that control, they stop fighting for it so much. Right. It's no different than giving a child choices Mm -hmm. when they're little. Yes. Let them pick out what shoes they want to wear and who cares if they match. Yes. Give them a little bit of input and a little bit of control so they don't feel like they have no say. Right. Because the more you make an angry child angry, (laughs) like if you make them feel like they just have no control and no say... They're going to fight you harder and harder for it Mm -hmm. to prove that they get it. Yeah. They could have ended up, you know, being a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Yankee Stepmom, I cannot thank you enough for being a guest on our podcast. Thank you. This has been so helpful to me. A repeat guest. There we go. Talk to me in a year. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say is... I definitely want to talk to you again in a year or so, because I want to know in a few years how things are going. There you go. We will do. Thank you again. We really appreciate you taking the time to share your story with us. Oh, thank you. You have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Okay, so David and I want to talk about Life 360 for a second. Again? Yes, because it's important that people understand that that app is not always 100% accurate. Oh, wait a minute now, because I remember a time when I brought that up to you. What are you putting your hand over your face for? Um, and, and I'm we, rubbing my eyebrows. We had a discussion about the accuracy of this app, This and this was years and years ago. And then when David went to Japan... <laughs> All of a sudden, Life 360 would show me at the bowling alley at three o'clock in the morning every day. And I'm like, wait a minute. But it was accurate when my kids were driving. David. And where they went. But now all of a sudden, it's not accurate when you're at the bowling alley at 3 a.m. <laughs> focus, David. Focus. Okay. I'm focusing. Go ahead. I will say that one time I looked at it to see where my son was because him and his buddies go ride four-wheelers all over the place. And it said he was going 99 miles an hour on his four-wheeler. <laughs> See? Life 360 is not always accurate. That's well, all I'm going to say, David. We don't need you to talk well, anymore. I remember a time. I remember, okay, stuff. You can't remember what you had for breakfast. I know, but some things just really stick in you my head. You can't remember if you'd a bio-parent or a step-parent. <laughs> I'm both. Um, I remember one time when you went to a local mall, local being within 45 minutes. <laughs> And I remember pulling up Life 360 for whatever reason, and it showed you at an apartment complex across from the mall. Oh, I remember one time you were in the woods. And I remember thinking to myself, if she's cheating on me, I'm going to kill her. Really? And can't you can't you see these people? Sorry to interrupt you. Not really. But can't you see these people that look at Life 360 and they're like, oh, she's cheating. She's cheating. And they go follow, you know, because you can put get directions or go to that location and they out driving in the middle of the woods trying to find that person. And it's just cause life 360 messed up. Mm -hmm. Now well, the paid version might be more accurate. We're frugal <laughs> and we get the free version. Well, this was, this was years ago and it was while we were going through our really, really rough spot. And so, you know, you seeing somebody else wasn't, wasn't something that I probably would have blamed you for doing, <laughs> <laughs> even though I didn't want you to do it because we were just, I mean, we were falling apart. It, it seems very, you know, rapidly, but I just remember, I remember seeing that and I, and I thought about it for a while. Like, should I call you? Should I not? But, but I was like, I can't, I can't assume you're at this apartment complex because it clearly showed you at the apartment complex across from the mall. And so I called you and you said you were in, I think you said you were in Walmart, it, but I could hear, you know, the Walmart stuff going on in the background. And so I was like, Phew. but it did, it, uh, it scared me because I was like, dang it. <laughs> Got another one that's this a cheater. Ag this again, really? <laughs> um, but I'm I'm glad that I called because uh, if I hadn't, I probably would have just continued with the thought that you were doing that. I have a confession. Uh oh. <laughs> one time, me and two coworkers were going to Hobby Lobby, and I cut my life 360 off because I didn't want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> because too many times you would call me and say. Oh, you're at the Hobby Lobby. <laughs> like, or you would text me and go, Hobby Lobby, huh? <laughs> I'm like, crap. He knows. But, you know, some people would say having Life360 on the phone and being able to see where your significant other is, is because of insecurities. No. Yeah, well, not, for, for, not for us. Well, we, I, we put it on the phone, not for that reason. We started using it because you would often need to know where I was at, like on the way home. To see if I could, you know, had had I passed by the last grocery store yet, you know, could I stop and get something? Because we were always constantly stopping and getting milk and things like that because we ran out almost every day. I preferred 
that you knew where I was at versus getting a phone call asking me, where are you? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because to you, that could come across as I didn't trust you. Mm -hmm. Well, David, Life 360 is showing that you are at the well-known red light district. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Getting milk and bread. (laughs) (laughs) So there are benefits to it. I know a lot of times I'll look just to see, like you said, if he's past the last grocery store or if he's already on the way home, if I'm fixing supper, you know, well, that was pre-COVID crap. But also it's good because if he's running late or something, then he doesn't have to let me know he's running late. If he's got a meeting and says, oh, I should be home by four. If he's not home by four, I can look at Life 360 and go, oh, he's still at that meeting. Mm -hmm. Or when I leave. What I like about it is I can just text you and say, on the way home. And you don't have to say, well, how long is it going to be? You know, because you're trying to time it right for dinner or something like that. You can just pull it up and look. You know exactly how long it's going to take me to go home. Mm-hmm. So, and if, you know, if I have an accident or something, and, you know, especially if you've, you're somewhere you don't know where you're at or whatever, like you don't know the road names. Oh, gosh. You know, it's like when you had that motorcycle accident and I was trying to figure out where Hoke Road was. Yeah, which... I don't, I don't know that Live 360 was in use at that time. It wasn't because I remember Scott saying it's some kind of neighborhood. And then he said Hoke Road and his phone died. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Well, then I, not so smartly, <laughs> told your dad the information I had. Mm-hmm. I know where that is. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Thankfully, we ended up finding you, but it yeah. took a long time. Just follow the helicopter. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, I see a helicopter. I'm going that way. So anyway, there are benefits to it, but just be careful because the information may not always be accurate. I did add, and it was for free, crash detection. Hmm. So there's crash detection on there for free, which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. Now, one other thing before we get off of the Live 360 topic is sometimes it doesn't update right. So my son will be somewhere and it'll say, his phone's off, no network or whatever for the last 12 hours. And I'm like, that little booger cut off Life360. I'll call him. He's like, no, it's on. And then I'll check back and it's still saying the same thing. So it's kind of quirky, but it still has good points. Mm -hmm. Well, again, I I like it because, again, if Jackson were to have an accident, he's he's a new driver. He doesn't know most of the roads. He's not going to have a clue where he's at. Well, and especially if it's at night. You get Mm -hmm. so disoriented at night. And honestly, Jackson was in an accident a year and a half ago. And he texted me and said, find me on Life 360. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, he wasn't driving. He was involved in the accident as a passenger. Right. But his response was, find me on Life 360, because he couldn't tell me where he was on this road. Right. So, again, it has its good. It has its bad. Kind of like the internet in general. Kind of like step families in general. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's any family because it's. I won't, let's don't go down this path. But yeah, I know. I was gonna say David. I know. Let's don't. I don't want to go down the path. I just want to say we had a couple, a married couple, never not a blended family. They're fussing about something the other day, and I'm like, you know, this is the exact same stuff that step families fuss about, and they think it's a step family problem. It's not. It's but- just. <laughs> but even if you take a step family and a nuclear family mm-hmm. and you have the exact same issue, it's different. Yeah, because, it's different and it's harder. Right. Because of the step family dynamics of the, it's not your kid. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's not your kid either. Who is it? <laughs> oh, that's the neighbor's kid. Not- <laughs> <laughs> uh, too bad we don't have milkmen anymore. <laughs> no, I don't you get blamed don't. for everybody's kids. Hey, my, right. my, my daddy used to tell me I was the milkman's. Yeah. I he also told me I was the neighbor's. And then when the neighbor died, he's like, I'm sorry your dad died. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. My dad's a trip. All right, folks, that is our show for today. Thanks for sticking around and hearing Lord Ramble. Yeah. <laughs> about Life 360. <laughs> and join us next week as we have another amazing and exciting topic. Yeah. <laughs> if Lori and myself remember, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.